0: for our scripture reading then this afternoon we'll turn to the gospel according to luke luke chapter 12 and reading verse 35 through 48. luke 12 verse 35 through 48 we'll continue our study in luke chapter 12. Luke 12, beginning at verse 35. And let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come. And serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, Do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. And for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. As far as scripture reading, dear congregation, as we continue looking at Luke 12, Our focus today will be on these verses that we read, verses 35 through 48. And as a little illustration, there was a a husband and a wife uh, traveling through an airport waiting for the train to take them to the next terminal for their connecting flight. And as they were standing there waiting, the train came, the doors opened, and suddenly the, the crowd around them swarmed in. And the doors closed and the train took off and they were left standing there on a platform with their suitcases. They thought they were ready, but they were not ready for what happened. It all happened so quickly. Even though the next train came and they were able to press in this time with the crowd and, and make it to their next destination. And so it is that we also all are waiting. Standing on a platform, you might say, knowing that death will come and in a sense we are ready we go to church we study god's word we we do all the things that we are called to do and yet when it comes the time are we truly ready in the last section jesus warned about the danger of focusing only on temporal things to the neglect of the eternal And he showed us how the foolish farmer was so focused on his temporal needs that he neglected his own soul. And now in this chapter, Jesus, he contrasts that with our need to be looking for Christ with an eager, but also with a faithful anticipation of when he will come. We know that our life is short. We know that we face many dangers, many oppositions. But we also learn from Scripture that Christians also can can fall asleep in this world. The allurement and the temptations of this world, with with all the prosperity and ease that we especially have in our land, there's a seductive attraction of worldliness and its entertainment that can seek to swallow us up and to cause us to to fall asleep in this world, so to speak. And so last time we had asked that question, and we asked this, are we looking then for temporal possessions on this earth, or are we looking for eternal possessions in heaven? And today then, we want to ask the question, how are we using what God gives us Are we only seeking ease and reward in this life? Or are we looking for reward in eternity? We need an eternal perspective in how we use not only our possessions, but also the positions that God gives us in our daily life. And in what God gives us, are we ready and are we pressing into the kingdom of God? And that is why I titled this sermon, Responding Faithfully to Positions. And you may have wondered, what does that mean? Well, responding faithfully to the positions that God gives to us in our life. How are we faithful where God places us? And so, the first thought that I had is watching with eager anticipation. We are to respond faithfully by watching with an eager anticipation for the time when we are to meet the Lord. Because we see in our section in the passage here that Jesus first calls us to be ready to leave this earth at any moment. We don't know when He will call us home. And He says we have to be ready for that train to arrive. If you look at verse 35... Jesus says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. In verse 36, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding so that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Jesus says we must watch with that eager anticipation for that moment when we are to meet him, to be ready immediately. And so is that how we live our life? Are we longing and anticipating the moment when we are to meet Him? See, in, this, in these verses that we read, Jesus uses the analogy, again pointing back to, to Israel on the night of the Passover when they were to leave Egypt. They were to eat the Passover meal with their waist girded, that that means that they wore long flowing robes and in order for them to run or to work they would they would take up the different layers and they would tie them in their belt so their legs would be free to run and that's what it means be have your waist girded tie up everything that would hinder you from running and working and they had to keep their oil lamps burning They had to make sure they had enough oil. They had to make sure it was trimmed properly to be ready when they had to go out into the dark of the night, and so they could see. And so they need to be ready any moment. If you look back to verse 20, the farmer, for the farmer, God said it was this night that his soul would be required of him. But he was not ready. He did not have everything tied up that could slow him down. Instead, he was tied down with everything in this world. His barn full of grain. And our earthly attachments can easily tie us down. And they make it, it can make it so much harder for us to leave it behind. And that's what the parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins, virgins in, in Matthew 25 shows us. That, that not everybody who lives like a Christian is ready to meet God. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we looking and longing for Him to come? Or would you rather that God wait a while yet? First you want to, like the farmer, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, Pastor Andrew Gray, who died at 22 years old, he said this, Oh, when shall these blue heavens be rent?" and we be admitted to this marriage supper of the Lamb, I long for the day when all the language of heaven and earth shall be come, come, Lord Jesus. Even at 22, he was longing for the Lord. But we must also watch with that eager anticipation because there is such a great promise that the Lord gives to His people. If you look at verse 37, he said, Blessed are those servants whom the Master, when He comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that He will gird Himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. See, that couple waiting for the train, they were only going to the next destination, but you, Christians, are waiting to go home, to, eat, to your eternal home. And there's something so very special here that the Lord says, The Lord, the king himself, will gird himself and serve his people. And to us that seems so strange because normally the servants serve the master, not the master the servant. But Jesus said in Luke 22, I am among you as one who serves. And he demonstrated that when he washed his disciples' feet. So there's something very unique and special about the Lord here. And it shows that salvation is all of the Lord. It's the Lord who serves His people with this salvation. He's the one who saves. He's the one who raises them up to sit in heavenly places. He serves them with, with eternal blessings. Doesn't this then motivate you to, for that longing to watch for the Lord's coming? That, that watching is that, that staying awake in this world as opposed to falling asleep. Falling asleep with the cares of this world. But we are to watch and to be awake knowing that this is not our home. And here Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door a knock, and if anyone hears My voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with Me. This is a promise in the Gospel that Jesus Christ already says and and what He says here in Luke that He will do when, when you see Him face to face. Do you hear Christ knocking on your door? Do you see Him serving as He lays down His life in this world for your sins? Do you see Him walking here as a servant on this earth doing His Father's will? no wonder he calls them blessed Verse 38 says and if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find him so blessed are those servants and he's saying there's nothing more worthwhile to watch for than this even if you have to wait till the second or the third watch that's that's past midnight into the early morning hours of the of the next day and in this This shows us that it can be long and waiting, and it's hard to wait. If you've ever had to stay up all night, it's difficult. It's hard to stay awake, but you need to be alert. And in Matthew 25, both the wise and the foolish virgins, they fell asleep as they were waiting. But blessed are those who persevere, those who are found watching. Your heart longing for the weary night of life to be passed. Are you waiting for God, or are you too busy building your barns and taking your ease, or do you grow tired of it and think, "Ah, I'll just leave that religion stuff alone"? No, He says we must watch with eager anticipation, because He'll come unexpectedly. In verse 39, but know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. See, even those people standing on a train platform, they they missed the train. They thought they were ready, but found out they were not. And even if you knew if there's a thief coming to your house tonight, you would be watching and waiting. In those days, they never had alarms. Here we can set the alarm and, and even let our guard down. But there's no alarm system that will detect the coming of the Lord and the end of your life. The only alarm that will sound is the angels blowing their trumpets when the Lord comes in, in His glory in the clouds of heaven and earth, and then there will be no more turning. Then, there will, then it will be too late. But often death comes so silently and ushers us into the presence without a warning sound. And that's why God gives us the warning before in verse 40. He says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We need to be ready by fleeing to the Lord Jesus Christ first of all for salvation. That if you have not already fled to Christ, then do not wait another day, another moment. Do not even leave this church before you have pleaded with God to save your soul. And believers, how long do we wait? Sometimes you hear the elderly Christians say, how long will the Lord still keep me here? What is the purpose of my life? When can I go home to be with the Lord? But we must not only be ready and waiting, but we must also be found faithful. This waiting is not just like waiting for a train or waiting at the passport office, waiting until your name is called, and in the meantime, you're scrolling through your phone or reading a book. And when a person is saved, it's not like you're just biding your time here now for the next step and to go to your next destination. Sometimes people view salvation as that as just having checked the box and and they continue living as if nothing happened, as if nothing changed. But we see in our second thought, we must be waiting with a faithful dedication. It's an act of waiting. And we read in verse 41, and Peter said to the Lord, Lord, do you speak this parable to only to us or to all people? And he, he's saying he wants to know if this applies to everyone or just to disciples. Because some people think you might be exempt. You profess to be a Christian. You've, you've done some good things. You tithe regularly. And you're waiting. Is that enough? Or Peter also asked a similar question in John 21 where he asked, what will happen to John? Because Jesus told him how he would be crucified, how he would die. And it it appears that Peter might have the similar type of question. What will happen now to all these people standing around? Will they also receive such blessings as the Lord is promising here? Are they also supposed to be ready? But like like Jesus told him in, in John 21, he says, What is that to you? You follow me. He's saying it's a personal matter for each one of us. It's not our business to ask what will happen to that person, what the Lord will give him in the end. But what about me? Will I be ready at that time? Will you be ready at that time? And so Jesus doesn't answer his question directly as he often does, but he gives another parable. And he's saying we need patience. We'll see many people living in this world differently than us even without a care in this world. And you might think, oh, why does God call us to live this way? Do we really have to follow Scripture so strictly? There will be many people who live like Christians, just like the five foolish virgins who in the end are not ready. And so Jesus here replies with another parable showing how stewards must must wait faithfully. Verse 42, he says, And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? And so this parable tells a story of the owner who, who went on a long journey and he leaves some of his servants in charge of the other servants and of his possessions. And he would come back in due time. And these servants were made managers or, or supervisors and they had to, to care for the other servants and all the belongings And so, in a special way, this can refer to those placed in authority. Whether that is the apostles or the Pharisees or church leaders or or government leaders. But Mark 13, he he also says, What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. And so he's indicating that there is a level of responsibility given to all Christians. To all that God has given a position in this life. We have to manage what God has entrusted to us. Parents have a responsibility for their children. Supervisors or managers have the responsibility over, over their employees. And But we all wait. And that can be difficult. It can be tiring. Especially in the world that we live in now. On the one hand, you see many churches sliding into all sorts of error and ease. On the other hand, we see the world and the government and the opposition they're placing on the churches. And it can be, it can be weary, wearying. And we can even become lazy and lax. We can let down our hands. We don't want to fight this battle. We just kind of want to walk between it all. It can be so cumbersome to wait with, as the Lord Jesus said, with our waist girded and our lamps burning, to be ready all the time. It can be so, so cumbersome. If you think of Nehemiah in Nehemiah 4, when he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, all those men had to carry a sword in one hand while they built the wall with the other hand. They had to work with one hand and carry their weapons in another and that was because the enemies were trying to ambush them. They're trying to sneak up on them and attack them to try to stop the work. And that slowed down the work a lot. And this constant threat wearied the people. But they continued and they persevered and they built a wall. And so being watchful in this world can, can, can seem to slow down our progress, it can be tiring. Always on guard for the assaults of Satan. Always on, on guard of the temptations of the world. Always on guard for our own sins that rise up in our hearts. All trying to stop the work of God in our hearts and in our families and in our churches. And so we can be tempted to let it down. We can be tempted to lay down our family worship times and our personal devotions or or coming to church or... Or whatever it may be, you may be tempted to skip these activities. But again, the Lord Jesus says, be encouraged to wait with that faithful dedication because of the promise for those who are faithful. In verse 43, he says, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that it will make him ruler over all that he has. And it says he will will find so doing. If you look back to the end of 42, it says to give them their portion of food in due season. So here is a picture of, of the servant giving the food in due season, handing out the food to the other servants. He's being diligent in his job and providing for the other servants. He's using his master's goods and the position that he's been given. To care for the others. And so there's a duty, there's a doing that is required of us. Joseph is a good example of this. When he was taken to Egypt, wherever he was placed, whether it was in prison or Potiphar's house, he was diligent in his work and in his duties. And later he was raised up to be made ruler over all the king's belongings. But Moses also, Hebrew 3 says, was faithful in all his house as a servant. So we must be found faithful in whatever duty God has given us. Because if you have a business, which servants, which employees will you give the promotion and the raise to? It's those who are faithful in their work. Those who you can trust. When you leave the building, you know that they are doing their job when you're not there. And so for us, our real heart and our real character come out when you are alone without supervision. And for all of you here, when your boss is gone, do you tend to slack off and reach for your phone and scroll through social media or play video games or go to the water cooler? Does, or does your performance stay the same? Are you found faithful if your boss is watching you or not? Children, when the teacher leaves the room, do you continue with your schoolwork just as diligently as when the teacher was staring over your shoulder? I worked for a farm once and I hired a, f- a summer student. And we were both assigned to work in the back building new corrals. When the boss came to look, uh, check up on us, he found the other employee sleeping behind the fence. Not doing his duty. And that's how it is with our sin, isn't it? We tend to fall asleep instead of being faithful in doing. How often do we look around to make sure no one's watching? And that's when the sins of our hearts come out. When you think no one will see. And just in the last six days then, were you ready for Jesus to come at every moment? Or were there some times where you would have to say, just wait, wait a few minutes. Will I put this away? Or while I, I finish up my work? Then I will answer the door. But now imagine the satisfaction where the boss walks in and sees you working diligently as if he never left. Look at the promises that the Lord Jesus gives. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. And what will that then be like when the Lord makes you ruler over his kingdom? And whatever that means, to work in eternity, where work is a pleasure and a delight and a blessing. Who can imagine what the blessings will be of of his people who are found faithful and he raises up to a place in heaven? But then he says we also must wait with faithful dedication. Because not only is there a blessing, but there's also a warning. Those who are found not faithful. Verse 45 says But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and he begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of the house, the master of the servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware. And will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Notice that in verse 45, the servant says to himself in his heart. It's a heart matter here. What you say in your heart is what the Lord sees. It doesn't matter what you say with your lips if your heart is not the same. In verse 17, the farmer thought in his heart. And you might think, well, why don't I just enjoy myself and have some fun? What does it really matter? I'll be ready when the Lord comes. You just want to do your own thing, but it develops into oppression of others here, it says. You abuse your power, begin to mistreat your servants, to beat them. You abuse the privileges, you indulge in the food and the drink and even get drunk. How are you using what God has given you? Are you indulging yourself in your authority or your positions? Are you indulging yourself instead of giving to the Lord what is due to Him? And here, I want to bring that question back in. Are we using our earthly positions that God has given us to prepare ourselves and others for eternity? Or are we indulging ourselves in them for our own benefit? Are we looking for ease and reward on this earth only? Or are we looking for reward in heaven? If we neglect our duty and focus on ourselves, the results will be tragic. In verse, 40, verse 46, he says, He'll come unexpectedly and cut him in pieces and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. God searches your heart and He will judge according to the truth. Because as we saw in, in, in verse 5 of this chapter, we must fear Him who is able to cast both body and soul into hell. And it shows this will be final. And it will be a decisive separation from God when He comes unexpectedly. When these people miss their train, they could wait for another. But if we miss God, there will be no second chance. You'll be left standing there with a suitcase full of religion and a heart full of sin and without God. And there's no train that comes back from eternity. No train to take you back out of hell. But there's also no train taking the believers out of heaven when God gives them that blessing. And Jesus shows and then the reasoning for the rewards and the punishments because He is just. In verse 47, He says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Those who knew better will receive more punishment. It may sound harsh, but it's justified because you knew your Master's will and there's no excuse. How will we be found? Are we hoping just to barely squeak into heaven? Or are we looking for the favor of our Master? And how much do we have in this world compared to the rest of the world? It's easy to say and to see that we are in the top 1% of the world in what we have materially. And there already, how will the Lord hold us responsible for the material wealth that we have? But in addition to that, God has given us such unsurpassed access to to the Bible and to His teaching. It's it's almost overwhelming how many resources there are and how many different areas we can study according to the the Bible. We have open and unhindered access to the worship of God in 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 His house every Sunday to gather with His people where we can where God calls us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And He gives us the ability to do that when so many countries are not able to. How will God hold us responsible for the blessings of being able to gather in worship on Sunday? How will He hold us responsible if we've neglected such a privilege and blessing? And been commanded to do so we have the catechism teachings from, from our youth up are we faithful children in studying God's word because we sang in one of these psalters that this is the building of the foundations and when the, when the, the truth leaves the foundations crumble and this is where he teaches us the truth we sing of his word we memorize his word and are we then faithful in the use of all these means? Especially in drawing near to God, whether that be private or family devotions or public devotions or public worship. Or are we indulging ourselves? Remember how Christ came into this world. How he suffered such excruciating pains and anguish for the sins of his people. So that instead of needing to be cut to pieces and beaten with many stripes, he says you can be healed. That instead of being cast away and cut in pieces forever, he says there is eternal blessings and eternal reward for his people. How is that possible? And He even comes with His grace and with His Spirit to rebellious people and He says, I come and I knock on the door of your heart that those who open to Him, He will come in and dine with them. God calls us to wake up and to wait with an eager and a faithful anticipation. That we may be found ready. The earthly possessions and earthly positions should not lead us to a life of ease and selfishness, but it should lead us to greater watchfulness and greater usefulness to others. It'll lead it'll. will be held to a higher standard, and of 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 of, of us, much will be required. But it also means there is also great reward available. And that is why Jesus said in verse 35, Let your waist be girded and be ready and watching. Live knowing that God will come. Your master will come soon. And he says in verse 43, Then blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Amen.